There's so many great things happening in the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's like in the Book of Esther. God has placed each of us in this local church for a time like this. We're just all people, people of God. You know, we're all human. We're all fallen. We're all sinners. I think we put on Christ, we put on love. Put on Christ with us as we learn to witness in new ways, find inspiration in those around us, and look for guidance from the Holy Spirit, our Holy Mother Church, and the shepherds of our local church. Because we're all on a journey. Continue this journey with us now with another episode of Practicing Catholic. Welcome back to Practicing Catholic. Patrick Conley, glad to be with you again, along with Kayla Mayer, our producer, and Paul Sadek, our technical producer, coming to you through the studio at the Archdiocesan Catholic Center in St. Paul. Food. It's one of our most basic needs. And there's a group founded by a local Catholic guy that's creatively working to get really good food to those who really need it. Joining us is Will Pittner, founder and CEO of Food to People. Welcome to Practicing Catholic, Will. Good to see you. Hey, Patrick. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. So before we dive into the awesome work that you're doing with Food to People, talk about your own story and experience and how it led you to founding this great effort. Yeah. So thank you. I grew up uh, in Rochester, Minnesota. Um, and grew up as a cradle Catholic and uh, went to school down there at uh, Leward High School and uh, wanted to come up to the Twin Cities because I heard great things about it. And many friends, I went to St. Thomas and talked about uh, all, the, all the things that it had to offer um, and the great Catholic presence that it has. And so uh, kind of took a chance and applied to St. Thomas uh, after working for a year after graduating high school and thankfully got in and, and uh, really found my place there. And met a whole bunch of great people. So I'm very grateful to be here in the Twin Cities and uh, get more and more involved uh, with the Archdiocese. Yeah. Well, I know that the the obviously the Corporal Works of Mercy talk about giving food to the hungry is one of the things, but anything in particular that inspired the the idea of um, this is particularly one you, where you wanted to expend your efforts? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, while I was a student at St. Thomas my sophomore year, I got a job working in the warehouse, uh, just kind of pushing pallets around, doing uh, doing grunt work, doing some student work, trying to pay the bills, uh, pay for rent and books and stuff like that. And so every day, uh, one of our jobs would be to, to see what comes in and out of the warehouse. And so uh, every day we would have these uh, big green buckets that were filled with leftover food from our dining halls that would uh, then get put uh, onto a truck that would come pick this food up and then it would get taken to a hog farm. Oh. And so this is thousands of pounds of food uh, every single day that I'm seeing uh, come in and out. And I'm thinking to myself, what is the deal? Why, why is there so much of this uh, food at the end of the day? Uh, how much of this uh, could be maintained properly uh, if, if preserved right? So I ended up developing uh, a program with St. Thomas uh, where we can take all food that's been fully prepared, never tampered with, never hit a serving line, make sure it's within the proper uh, health code standards, and then uh, find places to redistribute that to, like shelters um, and churches. But really, it all came from, uh, like I said, I was having that job in the warehouse where I was seeing all this food come in and out. And I'm a hungry student working multiple jobs, trying to make ends meet, like I alluded to earlier, paying for books and rent just to live. Sure. And... Uh, seeing all this perfectly good food, I look down in that bucket and go, like, if if I'm willing to get a meal out of this, the thought that kind of haunted me was who else in our very own backyard would be willing to do something like this? And so yeah. uh, that really planted the seed to figure out and ask questions of why are we wasting so much food? Why is there so much food waste? There's no way uh, this is the only place in the world that wastes this much food. 
Okay. Um, so what what can we do about this, especially with the with the food insecurity crisis we have going on and the food uh, waste crisis we have going on? Yeah, yeah. So what were the first steps like in founding this? I mean, what what did you then have to do? I mean, you asked the question, and so you have the motivation. But I, I got to tell you, if I had those questions and motivation, I wouldn't know where to start. Yeah, yeah. So I ended up uh, reaching out to a lot of the kitchen staff and the head chefs there and asking, you know, why why is it the way? Why, why is it this way? Why do we have to uh, order so much food? And why is there so much that's going out? And they said, just kind of the nature of the business is that we have no idea how many people are going to be coming in and out of our dining halls. We think we have a pretty good idea, but some days it's a thousand people and some days it's 10,000 people. You know, we have no idea and our biggest fear is running out of, of food. So to no fault of their own, they have to order um, in large quantities like this. And so I started to talk with uh, the sustainability director at St. Thomas and different people um, on that team to figure out, hey, what can we do? And so my sophomore year, this, this planted a bunch of different ideas of, uh, what if we created something where students that work X amount of hours a week can come in and get a free meal, you know, a couple of times a week? And they said, no, because we just have to order that much more food. And I thought, OK, what if what if students could buy a, a big tub and at the end of the day they could come in and fill their tubs with the leftover food and then take it home? And they said, no, liability problems. There's there are too many factors that uh, end up going into that. So. Um, my senior year at St. Thomas, I got, uh, uh, I was in an entrepreneurship class uh, called the Fundament Fundamentals of Innovation. And so every year they have this uh, business competition called the Fowler Concept Challenge. And if you're an entrepreneurship student, you are strongly encouraged, and I put air quotes around strongly encouraged, you're forced into, uh, <laughs> into doing this competition. <laughs> and so I was sitting around one day thinking, what am I going to, what am I going to do uh, for this competition? And I was talking to my professor, Alec Johnson at the time, and and he said, well, hey, what problems do you see out in the world that bother you that you want to solve? And so I started telling him uh, ever since I got this job in the warehouse, I'm just seeing all this food come in and out. And I really haven't figured out a solution uh, to how we can recover this food properly and effectively. And so he really pushed me to take an even deeper dive and, and, and talk to more people about uh, how something like this could possibly work. And so the initial um, idea for uh, that competition was I was going to buy a fleet of food trucks yeah. and then take food from large institutions and redistribute it out. And uh, the whole thing was going to pay for itself because I was going to have people sponsor it and stuff like that. But uh, that ended up gaining a lot of traction, thankfully. So that competition is set up like Shark Tank and they had uh, judges from all the all, all over the Twin Cities, all over the, the Fortune 500 companies here. And many of them uh, approached me afterwards and said, Hey, we actually really like this idea. Here's my card. Call me next week. And so, wow. um, all of a sudden, the idea became very real. And I thought I was just a student trying to make money during this competition. <laughs> I had no idea that there could be a viable business in this. So I started the process of talking with these organizations um, uh, throughout that winter and then the spring. And as all my friends at that time were were going securing jobs for when they graduated, everybody was pushing me to say. No, Will, you have to you have to go start this. We think there's something here, and so uh, and so they uh, all all the people around me were were encouraging me, and they're like, "You're at a time where you have no responsibilities in life right now. You're not married. You don't have any kids. You can afford to be poor while you <laughs> while you start this up." And so that kind of started the journey of uh, <laughs> how can we how can we do this uh, effectively, and it has turned into essentially this this platform type business connecting 
companies that produce food at a large scale with companies that consume food at a large scale. That's amazing. It's 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 fascinating to me as well. So, I mean, do you have your fleet of food trucks and everything now? No. So thankfully, we we as I went through the process with all those companies trying to convince them to pretty much buy me a food truck and I'd slap their logo on the side yeah. and make it all work. They all came back with the same answer of, hey, Will, we love the idea. We just don't want to be first. And so I heard that time and time again from all these companies. So I thought, how can uh, I uh, try and do this? while minimizing overhead. And so uh, I have a, a truck and a bunch of coolers and proper cooling systems and had to work with uh, the Department of Aggregation and Department of Health of how to figure that out uh, to make sure you do it all properly and safely. So, sure. no, I don't have a bunch of food trucks. I'm not shipping out meals on the side. <laughs> so how far, I mean, how many uh, centers and, you know, how many how many places do you actually distribute the food to currently? Two? Um I'd say about uh, four places right now, four to five places uh, relatively okay. consistently now. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, uh, things are growing as we've started to form partnerships throughout the archdiocese. A lot of uh, parishes are looking at, at starting meal programs. Wow. Uh, they they want to start start feeding people with the idea of, of building community. And so um, as I, I initially, I started working with a bunch of shelters, and it was amazing huh. um, helping them uh, and, and serving them. Uh, but was reminded of this program we had. I grew up down in Rochester, reminded of this program we had in Rochester where kind of five different churches were connected um, and they'd be on a rotation every weekend. So one every one every weekend would, would have a, a meal program on Sunday afternoons, no questions asked, anybody can come get a meal. And so growing up there playing sports, our, our coaches and parents made us volunteer at these events. And so not only would they make us serve the meals, but they'd actually make us go talk to the people that nice. were too. And so that was eye-opening because you realize what a bubble uh, that you live in. Yeah. But at, at the same time, you, you kind of recognized it seemed to be the people that were impacted the most weren't necessarily who you thought it would be. It wasn't necessarily a lot of uh, homeless people. It was a lot of people where both parents are working. They got a couple of kids, but they're barely making ends meet. Huh. You know, they need they need that sense of community right now. They need to know somebody has their back. Um, and the church was able to offer that at the time. And so as I, I started talking with different uh, churches that had similar programs, I actually uh, was able to meet with His Excellency Archbishop Hebda uh, and, and ask for his advice and input and counsel on what areas of the Twin Cities do you think this food could be the most impactful, especially as, as the church is looking to build community right now. You know, we're looking to be a beacon of hope again for people, a place where People know that uh, we're there for them and, and come as you are. And so this way they can see God, not just on a wall, but actually working through people, you know, and, and now a lot of organizations are seeing this as an opportunity to say, hey, now we can draw you in uh, with with food and serve you that way. But how else can we impact your life? So they're setting up booths that have uh, that say, you know, hey, are you a loved one struggling with substance abuse? Here are some resources we can point you in the direction to. Wow. Here are some things we can offer you. Hey. Are you being human trafficked? Here are some resources um, we can offer. You know, hey, have you been baptized? Are your kids baptized? Are you married in the church? Stuff like that. So they can start to get to know the people on an individual level and build relationships with them. So uh, I had no idea that these would be the fruits that came from me just trying to ship food around, you know, because at the end of the day, I'm just a transportation and logistics company. All I'm doing (laughs) is taking food from point A to point B. It's all these wonderful places that are seeing this as a way to use this food to even call people higher. Yeah. 
If you're just joining us, we've been speaking with Will Pittner, founder and CEO of Food to People, about some of the amazing stuff that is happening that our Lord is doing in and through this wonderful organization. And I got to say, Will, as I'm listening to you, uh, my mind is already churning about ways that it could be, uh, well, it can expand further. There's a whole, I, I mean, it seems like the sky's the limit on some of this stuff. And not only that, but this sounds pretty replicable, too, in other areas that might be, I mean, there's universities and colleges all over the country, right, that may be doing exactly the same thing that you encountered there at the University of St. Thomas. So it seems like, uh, so any thoughts of maybe franchising food to people? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a, there's something that works of, of how can, how can we scale this uh, effectively? You know, because I mean, there's yeah. nobody should be hungry in America. There's enough food to feed the rest of the world. There's enough food in Minnesota to feed the rest of America every single day. Huh. You know, um, it's just a matter of figuring out the logistics of how to get it from point A to point B safely and, and properly. Yeah. So a- absolutely. There is a, uh, there is ideas of expanding this outside of Minnesota uh, and, and start taking it state to state. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you, even in our short conversation, Will, you have cast a vision that is already, again, very appealing. And I am sure that people are going who are listening to this right now are already asking the question, how can I get on board? How can I help this out? And maybe they have ideas, too, about further expansion and, again, franchising, whatever it might be. So that's the question is how can people learn more and maybe decide to get involved in some way? Yeah, thank you. So I have a, a website up right now uh, that I just launched a couple of months ago called uh, foodtopeoplemn.com. So that's F-O-O-D-T-O-P-E-O-P-L-E-M-N.com. Um, and then uh, an email is uh, food to people mn at gmail.com. Wow. And man, I am I, I'm gonna hop over to that website as soon as we're done with this interview. That's <laughs> that's what I'm telling you right now. That's uh, amazing that that all of this has happened. and and when did this I mean, when did the actual uh, class take place? how How long ago was this class, this entrepreneurship class? So this was the fall of 2021 was when this class was. Uh, and then, yeah, I got That's that less job than three years ago uh, in the warehouse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's been a blessing. Absolutely. God is good. I can't explain how many people he the Holy Spirit is just placed right in front of me. You know, it's a it's a cool feeling. Yeah. Uh, it's unbelievable. You know, I totally don't believe in coincidences. It's a, it's a cool feeling when, when uh, God's grace is right in front of you. Amen. Amen. It's, it's very exciting, Will, and this has been an enlightening conversation for me and I'm sure for our listeners as well. And we're so grateful for all that you've, uh, all the ways that you're responding to the Lord's prompting in your life. This is so intriguing that, uh, again, I'm going to hop over to the website as soon as we're done here. But thank you so much for taking the time to be with us on Praxing Catholic. And I will tell you this, and uh, Caleb will mark this down, that we will check in with you again because we want to, this is, uh, you know, if the Lord's involved, which it certainly sounds like he is, then I'm sure that, uh, yeah, we've only just begun, as they say. So thank you, Will, so much for being on the show. God bless you, and keep it up. Thank you, Patrick. God bless you, and absolutely, I would love to come back. All right, fantastic. Again, that website is foodtopeoplemn.com. Again, foodtopeoplemn.com. Thank you for listening. Follow us on social media at Practicing Catholic Show to see what's coming up next. Make sure to leave a review and subscribe to be the first to know when the next episode of Practicing Catholic is released.